Hello and welcome to the People Around Town Community Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Michael Cropper, and I'm really happy to bring you this podcast. My purpose is to connect with people from all backgrounds and let them share a little of their story. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has life worth living. And we can all create more joy in our lives. I want to hear other stories so we can learn from each other. If you are interested in sharing about yourself, please go to peoplearoundtown.com and send me a message. This third episode is with Joey out at Dayton Valley Aquaponics. He's gained a green thumb, he has become a master of connecting with others and himself, I think, and he has some awesome goals and awesome thoughts around growing stuff and connection with others. Here you go. Okay, I'm here with, with Joey. Joey, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Paul? I'm doing so good. Awesome. Joey just took me through this like beautiful greenhouse out here in Dayton. Um, it's amazing. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about what you do out here, Joey. Yeah, so um, I came out here about two and a half years ago and started off as an intern, actually. I was just always interested in aquaponics. I was doing permaculture landscaping beforehand um, and realized I really wanted to farm and learn about aquaponics and saw an ad posted and applied here. They got back to me and moved out here and I've been doing aquaponics ever since, kind of progressed and found a spot for myself in the greenhouse and now I'm the the greenhouse foreman kind of managing the whole crew, overlooking all the production, helping manage harvests and do things like that. Sounds awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful out here. It's an awesome operation. Lots of tilapia. Lots of tilapia, lots of tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> lots of tilapia, lots yeah. of tomatoes. Yep. Awesome, man. Um, what have you like what have you gotten from your experience here? Been here for two years. Oh man, that's a that's a good question. I've gotten a lot and um it takes me really sitting back and thinking about it to really kinda to realize that, but um a couple of things I would say learned a lot about community living in this house for two and a half years and having so many people come through for three to six months at a time um, and kind of being like the house um, I guess the house employer house manager whatever you want to call it yeah but uh, I've learned how to kind of you know resolve conflicts I've learned how to live with people um, kind of that social dynamic and kind of balancing that yeah balancing that social dynamic I've learned a lot about Um, And then also in the greenhouse, um, just learned a lot about how farms work, figuring out what to grow, when, what time to grow it, how much to sell it for, Um, learned about market gardening and, uh, you know, how to do that, learned about bees. So cool. Yeah, I've learned about a lot Um, of stuff. I love the community aspect. I mean, I'm all about building community. Uh, What, uh, like, what kind of things, like living in this house? How many people have you lived with? Uh, it's upwards upwards of um, high 20s, close to 30, I'd imagine. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah. a lot of people come through. Yep. People like-minded? Yeah, for the most part. And so that's what's been kind of nice, honestly. For the most part, it's been really easy living because I feel like people attracted to this type of work are kind of, um, they're easier going okay. than, than your average person. So, cool. And the surroundings probably help with that. Definitely. Yeah, um, some people a, have a little more, a lot of people come from, uh, we had someone from DC come, people from Florida, um, 
Southern California, all over the place, Washington. So people adjust differently coming yeah. out to Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Um, was it hard for them, some of them to... <laughs> some of them, Because you're kind of sure. out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, the guy from D.C. is a good friend of mine now, and he was just, like, going a little stir-crazy at first, being, you know, having... He's being a, he's a city kid at heart, and uh, having no... Going from so much stimuli to no stimuli, he was kind of like, oh, what do I do? But he, yeah. he adapted really well and kind of, you know, started going rock climbing with me and oh, um, nice. kind of doing what's available in the surrounding area. And nice. Kind of, where you know, where do you go rock climbing? Uh, Mesa Rim up in Reno. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an awesome gym. I've heard there. I've, I haven't gone there yet. Yeah. Um, I love rock climbing. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's great. You should, I'll take you sometime. I've got a, a, a member, or what's it called, a guest pass if you want it. Oh, yeah, man. I'll come join you anytime. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. What other things do you do around here for just for like fun? Oh, I've got my garden. The garden's great. Um, grow all sorts of plants in my, in my spare time. Um, I like uh, doing photography. What else do I do? I go do rock climbing. I just bought a mountain bike. I go snowboarding in the winter. Oh, nice. Um, and just hiking in general. Hiking where, where and Where have you gone mountain biking? Uh, just in Carson for the most part. I went to, um, what's it called? Clear Creek. Clear Creek Trailhead. Okay. That was a really cool spot. Spot off of Jack's Valley Road. Okay. Yeah, so I went there. Um, just around here in this area, too. Just riding my bike nice. around. Yeah. yeah, there's good places. Um, Tahoe, Tahoe has some amazing that's right biking. yeah I've been meaning to but I haven't done a lot up there uh, I plan to but nice yeah there's a lot of good trails up there I've mostly hiked them while bikers pass me so. <laughs> right <laughs> and I'm like why are you going up this like steep rocky trail just walk <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but but yeah cool man cool so um, so you've been here for two years you uh sounds like you had a lot of um opportunities to interact with a lot of cool people uh, sounds like a really op awesome opportunity mm -hmm. um where were you at before this uh before this i was living in seattle washington okay and uh kind of hopped around there for a year and a half lived in like four or five different spots um liked my job and liked doing landscaping and everything but wasn't exactly what i wanted to do and like i really appreciated the things i learned yeah. learned a lot about the native plants around there how to do um cool. and actually like run a landscaping business which is like you know some part that's always been i've always been like a part or had some part of me that has wanted to be a land steward of sorts so it's really good to know how to awesome. work with the land and alter it in certain ways and and you know, just plant things. Yeah, and, yeah. So. And this place brought you here. Yeah, yeah. How did so you I learn was, about it? Uh, I've actually found it on on a job posting website. Okay. Yeah, and I was uh, like, Seattle was great. Really appreciated and liked my time there. But um, after a while, the job was getting a little bit old, and I re I was like, started reevaluating where um, what I really wanted to do, and okay. I really wanted to learn about aquaponics and searching job posting sites. And okay. Yep. Awesome. So it's worth it, like, just to. Look up things online, jobs yeah. online. <laughs> Sometimes. For sure, talk to people. There's more aquaponic places now than there were two years ago. They're, oh, okay. they're yeah, you, up. yeah, they're they're all over the place. There's a ton in t Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, all over now. Okay, way cool. So, a question I always ask mm -hmm. is, uh, what what brings you joy? I mean, we've talked about a lot of awesome things. Yeah. But what brings you the most joy in your life? Yeah, um, I would have I have two things that have I would say bring me the most joy. The first is developing like really genuine and intimate connections with others. And I've found like, you know, mm. my, uh, my longest and my longest friendships and like some of my 
my deepest friendships definitely bring me the most joy and just knowing someone and just being able to connect to those people. Yeah. So developing those uh, relationships with other people is probably one of the, one of the, the first thing that brings me a lot of joy. And the second thing that brings me a lot of joy is finding connection with myself and um, my environment around me and like the ecosystem more so. And yeah. like, uh, you know, I, I had an experience a couple weeks ago where I was walking out um, harvesting lemon cucumbers from the field. And I noticed that there was a ton, there was just covered in honeybees everywhere. And yeah. we have a couple beehives on the farm. Yeah. So I, had this moment where I was walking through and it was beautiful. The sun was beating down. It was warm as a slight breeze. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Like not only did I plant the seed for all these lemon cucumbers and like help them grow, help them water them, fertilize them and like nurtured them in that way. Um, I also provided the hive for the bees and they've done their thing. And then to watch those two separate organisms interact where the bees would pollinate the lemon cucumbers and take pollen and nectar from the flowers of the cucumbers which gave the which made gave the cucumber or pollinated them and gave them more life and allowed them to have more uh, cucumbers and then i was able to harvest those cucumbers i just felt very connected with those two things yeah and just like kind of had this sense of um i don't, I don't know uh, the word i'm it's escaping me right now but just a, a sense of a really nice sense of just being connected with those um those two things and connected in the ecosystem and kind of having a feeling my place in that ecosystem, um, which was really like deeply satisfying and yeah. um, made me want to like, you know, expand that. Were you barefoot? I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. Yeah. You know, it really, the desert's pretty, uh, pretty sharp. There's <laughs> a lot of spikes out yeah, there. Yeah. 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 For sure. All the tumbleweeds and whatnot, but for sure. uh, yeah, it That's was, awesome, it was really great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so backing up to the first thing you said, uh, connection, like these relationships you've built. Uh, how do you build those relationships in your life? I feel like yeah. that's something um, we all can learn to do better. Totally. And, you know, some people are more open to it than others um, and being able to open up to others. But uh, I think really listening, listening to other people and what they have to say and asking them the right questions that you like, you know, coming from a genuine, yeah. um, from a genuine source of just being of curiosity and just what are, like, what are the right questions? Um, give me yeah, some examples. It really, it really <laughs> depends on the person, sure, I guess. For like sure. for you, Paul, like I'm curious what, what, what makes you turn? Like where, what, what gives you joy and where do you want to, like, what do you want to create in the world? Yeah. So I very much resonate with what you said, but just, um, connection with myself, connection with the earth, um, and with other people, connection with God, like, mm -hmm. it's all about connection. Right. Um, and that, that brings me joy. Yeah. Uh, gratitude. I think my favorite feeling is gratitude. When I can sit there, when I can just be in nature or be with people that I love and just be full of gratitude for what I have. Totally. Um, you know, I've dealt with a lot of uh, like negative feelings about myself. Like um, a lot of us deal with that and we have to learn to overcome that, you know, let go of, you know, negative feelings we have about ourselves and just learn to to see the freaking amazing miracle right. that each of us are, yeah. that life is. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, it's not something to, to waste. Yeah, totally. And you see just asking that question and hearing your response, it's like, I feel like I know you better and yeah. like, you know, you feel that 
that genuineness come out and it's just like that establishing of connection is really where the joy comes from yeah and like you know empathy too trying to understand where other people are coming from yeah and their point of view yeah um, i think it's all really important stuff i think it's really cool that you're in this place and because you kind of have to set yourself up for connection mm -hmm. um if i'm not in a place where it can happen then it's, it's just not going to fall into my life yeah, definitely you know? yeah and you set yourself up in this place, um, the way you, your work, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I imagine you interact with the people a lot while you're working oh, yeah. throughout the day. Definitely. So, you know, varying degrees, but definitely varying like degrees. I'm living. sure sometimes you're just harvesting <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> yeah, li I know. Sometimes I choose to harvest by myself okay. too. <laughs> but like living and yeah. working with people, it's a lot of a lot of time spending with like and you know for the most part i've really enjoyed it i've really enjoyed the people have come through and the connections i made and it's it's cool too because i think back in seattle uh where i was commuting to work every day and like sitting in traffic and um i was like i just want to live on a farm and be in like a community and i actually like envisioned mm -hmm. pretty much almost this exact situation where i where i find myself now and it's been it's been really awesome for, really for my awesome. own personal growth and just the connections i've made here yeah We've talked about it a little bit, but what's your vision for the future? Like, um, yeah, what what do you see? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I really love what what we're doing here, but it is very much so a farm, and it's kind of like a higher end farm where um, you know with higher price points. So, Mass production. Not, yeah, not everyone can afford it. I really want to bring food um, to be become more accessible for people, and uh, I also see the potential and and just uh, cities and towns and like those places where people have lawns and they don't have time to garden and things like that. Um, and like fruit trees that go unattended to, there's just so much potential within cities. It's just a matter of developing those systems and, um, and just like having an organization that can, to that can do that, it. that can utilize it and also, yeah. and bring it to those people. And it's just, you know, smaller footprint and everything. It's just, that's like hyper local where it's like, yeah, my the the corn I'm eating right now is grown in my neighbor's backyard type of deal, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so I've been playing around with the idea of that and just thinking about what, you know, how to be, make food more accessible in that aspect. And then also of really, you know, you see the things that are going on recently with like the Amazon fires and just the overall environment degradation. I think the Amazon fires were the catalyst for me to be really like I really need to do my part to plant the world, like you know, or like. And um, to better the world in terms of like planting trees. Mm -hmm. So I've thought about, you know, um, figuring out how to reforest certain areas and, you know, maybe start a tree nursery or something or yeah. try to get more involved with, um, with, with like, you know, restoring the environment. Yeah. I heard um, someone told me just a couple weeks ago up in Reno, the Truckee Meadow, mm -hmm. that was all just forest before it was populated. Really? Like, then the forest, it wasn't a fast enough growing forest that could sustain itself. So after people started cutting things down, moved in, you know, cutting wood down for fuel or timber or whatever, it was, you know, it's a, like, a, it's in the Sierra Nevadas and, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very slow growing forest, so it couldn't um, repopulate itself, but crazy to know what it looked like back then. I always <laughs> think about that when I walk around these areas. Just like what what did it look like before? Yeah. That was a spot in Seattle, especially. It's a beautiful area, uh -huh. but um, 
every uh, then there's a couple parks within Seattle where it's just like you're when you're in it and you don't see any um, any houses around you're like oh my god this was like a Pacific Northwest forest and it was like so it's like a temperate rainforest right yeah, kind of crazy thing and it's, it's crazy and I'm like what have we turned it into and now there's like you know there's certain but there's like types of banana trees growing around and it's like kind of cool to see how humans alter that ecosystem but I always think about how it looked like a couple hundred years ago yeah. and and like how abundant everything probably yeah. was well and a little bit of effort on our part can go a long ways in making something either bad or good you know, definitely. just like yeah. your cucumbers that you planted mm-hmm. that didn't take that much effort you know right yeah. you plant it you set up the watering and I mean things grow Mm-hmm. And yeah, they wander. Grow. Like if you get things down, like as far as like community growing or whatever, like if you get that down well enough, um, it can be very simple, very easy, and uh, just you just have to put in a little bit of effort, and like you, like the harvest can be huge. Yeah. So definitely, that's pretty. Um, it's pretty awesome. The change that we can impact. Yeah. You know, um, I'd say for me, like your question too is you asked me um, I'm learning also what makes me have joy and happiness is continual progression mm-hmm. you know seeing things that I didn't that uh, wasn't good at before and getting better at them or seeing things that were completely um, just uncomfortable for me and stepping into them yeah you know and then you look back and you're like oh that's completely comfortable now yeah, but totally. and, and that's that's growth. Yeah, it's part of like it's why growth. people tell you to go outside your comfort zone too. It's just yeah. like expanding yourself. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've experienced some of that with rock climbing recently, where I've gotten better at certain doing certain things oh, yeah. I can't. Seeing like you know, not even like working out, but seeing the changes uh-huh. in my body, it's like wow, this is really cool. This progression, you know, yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting more fit, and it it, it does. That's another thing. It definitely gives me joy. It's yeah. like growth in that aspect. We seem to have like a perfect rock climbing build <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe it's just starting to develop yeah like long enough that you can get long those enough. far reaches <laughs> yeah. yeah that's cool yeah so um along like the the topic of growth what's something difficult that you've gone through in your past um that's brought you to where you are yeah yeah well the first thing that comes to mind is um when I was, I think my first or second year of college, I became much more aware of the kind of state of the world. And I was just like, it started off with this questioning of like, is this all life is? You go to college, you get a job, a 401k, a family, a life and ki- like, you know, a wife and kids and you die. And I was like, is that it? Is that, is that what life's about? And like, it, it was driving me crazy. And I was just, yeah. and just thinking about like the whole world and how society is and capitalism and and like exponential growth and everything. And uh, I went through a pretty difficult phase kind of coming to terms with how the world is and um, Mm -hmm. started thinking about what I can do to, you know, um, kind of make it better in a certain way. And the biggest thing I saw was how agriculture is currently with, you know, factory farms. Um, You've got millions of acres of corn and soy that are GMO in the Midwest that are polluting the waterways and and killing the soil um, with all the herbicides that are sprayed on top of them. And I was like, well, what other, how can you, you know, how can you change that? And I, that's how I came across permaculture and aquaponics and just really develop and like working with nature and trying to create a symbiotic and create symbiotic systems 
that um, provide for people and the external environment. So I went through a really difficult phase of coming to terms with how the world is, and it's really progress and like it's progressed in a way that made me ask the right questions of what mattered to me, and uh, came up with the answer of you know agriculture and and you know how you create your food and what you eat and all these different things really has an impact. You know, it has an impact on how the rest of the world is. Like if you eat organic food versus conventional food, you're supporting that organic farmer and that organic farmer is, um, you know, then organic grows. Mm. Um, so it's just really, it's really, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it's been going through that and kind of realizing that, you know, to change that you need to create a healthy environment that creates healthy food, which in turn creates healthy people. And it's like, a, you know, it's a triple win. So um, I've really been exploring all the different parts of that. And there's so, it's, it, there's so many different parts that you can dive down into in terms of like regenerative agriculture and, um, and aquaponics and all these different things. But um, I'd say that difficult phase in my life definitely brought me to where I am right now. Okay. So um, there's a lot of asking What's the point of yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. the why, way we live Why do life? we do all this? <laughs> why and do we like, do this? And what's, what's the biggest thing that yeah. can change that? And maybe I'm not going to be happy if I'm just like harvesting money, like earning money for the rest of my life without really a point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was something I realized early on too. It's like at the end of the day, I think I'll, you know, even if it's just barely, I always have enough money I, that I need. Mm -hmm. And that um, if I'm doing the work that I need to, that it'll come in yeah. time. And that um, as long as I'm doing something good for the world, uh, like, you know, um, the universe will provide for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think just that belief, I think our beliefs create our lives, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, just believing that and being willing to put in the work. I mean, you, you've put in plenty of work. Um, and you, you continue to put in work. You have lots of ideas, and, um, and that's fun. It's another thing that this place has taught, taught me. Yeah. <laughs> how to work hard. How yeah. to work hard and also, like, you know, manage your your energy and not be burnt out. Because, okay. like, we, you and I were talking about before, there's so many different projects and so much potential in this property. Uh -huh. um, you know, I came here with a million different ideas to start, you know, start black soldier flies to feed the fish and to, you know, to start composting and doing yeah. all these different things. And, um, you only have so many hours in the day there's, yeah. and you know, well, just looking at all this land and all the potential, it makes me tired. Just like, <laughs> makes me excited. But yeah. part of it is like, yeah, it's tiring yeah. just to even consider all the possibilities. It's, yeah. It's really funny. My parent, Oh, I, my parents came out and visited about a year ago. Okay. And, uh, where are your parents from? Uh, they're, they're in Connecticut. They okay. live in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and they came out and visited. And at the time, this was like shortly after I was probably like six months here or eight months here. I forget. And, um, I had so many half finished projects cause I was trying to do everything. Mm. I was trying to do worm composting. And my dad, my dad came to me and was like, wow, I just want to hang out here for, you know, a couple of weeks and just finish all these projects. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it made me realize like, you know, you got to figure out what's, you got to prioritize and then, um, and then, you know, work down it. Yeah. Well, it feels good to finish something. It does. Yeah. It feels much good, much better to finish one thing than to half start a hundred different things. Right. Right. 
though I am like that too. I like to have multiple things I'm working on at one point, mm -hmm. at one time, you know. Which is great but, if you finish them. But yeah, it's great if you finish them. You have to put time into each of them. Mm -hmm. um, but that's how I am. I need to have a few different projects because that's just how my mind is. Yeah. Um, and while I'm doing one project, there's something in the back of my mind going on, thinking about my other project and solving some issue that I haven't figured out, you know? Mm -hmm. So just like the kind of distraction on one <clears throat> project and then you have ideas for another project. Yeah, and, yeah. A lot of those different projects spark those ideas and yeah. yeah. I've gotten better at finishing projects since then. Good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've narrowed it down from like 50 to, you know, five or five or six at a time, but I've definitely, yeah. It's been good. It's helped me manage my time, manage like, you know, what's important to me and like, you know, you ask those right questions and, and figure out where to devote your energy. Yeah. Beekeeping's been great. Yeah. It's been really cool. beekeeping. It's been really cool. I don't, I, I wish I knew more. I've been reading a couple books here and there, but there's so much else going on with uh, working here and all that. I've, you know, I check on them every two weeks or so, mm -hmm. but it's been something incredible where, you know, you think you open up a hive and they're just going to swarm and sting the hell out of you. But, um, Usually you go there and you open it up and as long as you have a calm demeanor, like I, I, I like try to meditate before just to be really calm and not, because if, if people who go up who are super nervous, like they'll start like, you know, swarm, not swarming, but they'll like, oh, what's this guy that's going to yeah. attack us? They can almost like sense that energy. So sure. I'll go up really calm and it's incredible. I'll tell you like to open up a beehive and then they just don't even mind me. Like I'll take out a frame. They're all just going about their business and it's just crazy to yeah. see this colony going and uh, they're just they're just doing their thing. It's, when you take out a frame, do you ever worry about squishing one? Or are they like in places? Yeah, where they unfortunately, it's just it's there's just there's no way around you can't, it. You can't take out a frame without or like you know, there's always going to be a couple without that die. Lines. And okay. like yeah, so I always say sorry. <laughs> but, <little> guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can only spend you could spend hours trying like you know when I'm putting the the top back on, I'm just like constantly sweeping them off. But that you know as soon as you get one side, the other side just land yeah, they land like on. I'm trying again. to help you guys. Just yeah, like it's like all right, I'm going to put it down really slow. Here we go. <laughs> But, uh, but they're not quite like dogs where they see that it's coming and then you get no, away. no, not at all. They're they're so they're such hard workers. Those bees, like they they don't even know you're there. You know, they're just doing their thing. Um, but it's been incredible. We harvested a couple a couple frames of honey. Uh -huh. I think we, for each frame is like a one pint of honey, which is crazy because it's like I didn't realize that you know it a box so a box has like ten or twelve frames in it. Uh -huh. So you've got ten or twelve pounds of honey, if not more. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm letting, letting them go now just so they have enough reserve for the winter. Yeah. But I also, another really cool thing, um, uh, Paul Stamets is doing really awesome work on preserving bees and he's found that medicinal mushrooms actually help boost their immunity that they're able to defend from, you know, environmental pollutants and varroa oh, mites, ones? environmental pollutants. No, which mushrooms? Oh, uh, uh, Reishi is a really great one. Uh -huh. Like uh, the Ganoderma family, which is all those shelf mushrooms. So like sprinkling powder on the hive or so, growing them close by or uh yeah so that's how he found it out he found that they would eat the mycelium that was growing close by so oh, cool. he started doing studies and uh the way to do it i actually just harvested a, a couple um reishi mushrooms and some turkey tail um and what i'm gonna do is i'm going to um i'm gonna make a, a tea out of it or a tincture uh -huh. and just like you know boil it or like softly simmer it for 10 12 hours so it's like a really concentrated tincture uh -huh. and then uh strain out that tea and then from there dissolve a bunch of sugar in it i think it's like you know 10 10 12 pounds of sugar for every couple gallons or something like that yeah and you make like a syrup 
and it's like a medicinal syrup that you can feed the bees and it'll wow. help their immunity. Wow. And he's found, he's had great success. He's worked with the University of Washington and has had some really awesome success in like colony collapse that's normally like 50% across the country, if not higher, where he had like, I think it was something like 95, 99% success rate, if not if so not cool. 100%. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, we so. got to take care of our bees. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. People don't, yeah. The ecosystem's fragile and the bees are super important. Right. And if we tend to it, I think there's great, you know, hope and potential for us to like preserve a lot. But yeah, it's awesome. You know, and um, it's it's up to everyone. Everyone makes those choices. And like, I don't I don't remember if I told you, but for the Heirloom Expo, I saw uh, uh, RFK Jr. and Vedana Vedana Shiva. She's an activist in, in India who started a bunch of food ban- or, um, seed banks and has uh, done a lot to get Monsanto out because Monsanto's done a lot of bad things in India in terms of like stealing seed and all sorts of stuff. To get but, Monsanto out of India. Out of India, okay. yeah. Um, but those two, I saw those two speak and uh, super inspiring what they're talking about in cool. terms of just like really inspiring everyone that, you know, it's up to us to save, save seed. It's up to us to preserve biodiversity. Everyone, it's not like just one group that's going to do it. It's right. everyone as a whole. Right. And when we, you know, we save those heirloom seeds and uh, we preserve biodiversity, we plant trees in our backyard and we speak out when, um, you know, with, against corporate crime and all that. Um, we pay $5 for organic groceries instead of one for... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can afford it also, you know, you got to yeah. be able to feed yourself... But um, if you if you have the means to, it's it you know it means the world. It means like yeah. you know your each 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 uh, transaction that you have, every dollar, and even transaction with people, you know, like personal, like it, it creates a change. Right. It's a it's a ripple effect. Well, I'm always if people would consider buying organic, sometimes they'd be surprised how much it doesn't cost them more. Yeah. It's one thing if you're buying like the organic <clears throat> boxed foods. Mm-hmm. Those are outrageously priced. Like you can't afford to buy like these organic paleo bars and like all these these no, frozen right. foods yeah. that are like organic and and like really good food, mm-hmm. but already prepared. Yeah. But I'm just talking about the fundamental like uh, lettuce and cabbage and squash. I know, right? You know, like those things aren't that much more Not to go and buy that. Not at all. And but you know it's less convenient for people, which is unfortunate. You got to learn how to cook. You got to learn how to be able to put something together that actually tastes good. Yeah. But you know, it's a great skill to have yeah. to be able to cook for other people too. And that, that generates connection as well as sharing meals. And, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it doesn't, it, actually one of my favorite shirts that I have, it says, um, it's a, like a nutritional class shirt that a friend gave me. And it says on the back, it says, uh, pay the farmer now or the doctor later. So, you know, in the long run, paying for healthier foods is going to make you a healthier person in the long run and you won't have as much healthcare expenses, you know? So if really, in, like if you're looking at a long-term investment, invest in yourself with some healthy food. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, well, Joe, thank you. Is there anything else you want to share on this podcast? I really appreciate your, your insights, your passion for, um, you know, your, your agricultural endeavors for it's sure. awesome to hear and and learn about that yeah thanks so thank you um yeah any last things it's funny it's going to sound super cliche but if I tell anything to the listeners is plant a garden they even plant one or two plants and i think it's that's what i've noticed is like it's just amazing to see that things grow 
and they yeah. will grow. And you know, if you plant like 10 different things, chances are one or two of those things will grow and it'll be like, well, holy cow, that was awesome. And then, yeah. you know, and then you've, you've got that food and you can eat that food and you can taste the difference of something you just freshly harvested versus something you get in the grocery store. Cause you know, food loses its nutritional value very quickly over, you know, most of the stuff you get in the grocery store is seven to 15 days old. So it's like it's got half, if not less than half of like the nutritional content of something you pick fresh from the garden. So if you, you grow a bunch of things and even if 80% of it fails, that 20% of it that you harvest and then you eat that, and you're like, wow, this is great. I'm healthier for it. And then you can save a couple of those seeds and each one of those seeds will produce hundreds more. And that's that's just inc- I, that's something that geeks me out, too, is just like the potential of one seed. You know, they say like one acorn can plant a forest. And yeah. I think it's so cool that, you know, when you plant a garden, you can just you're getting the seeds for hundreds of more gardens. And yeah. uh, and then you're also getting nutritional food. And I guess that's one of the things that brings me joy, you know, that connection with nature and being a part of that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. OK, thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, and thank you, What's Paul. the name of this farm you're working at? Uh, Dayton Valley Aquaponics. Dayton Valley Aquaponics. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Paul. That concludes this episode of the People Around Town Community Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've been inspired in any way or had thoughts to contribute, please go to iTunes, love it, leave a review. Or go to peoplearoundtown.com and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome day.